0: You are listening to the Photo Bomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo
1: Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hi. And our third man is Derek Mateo. Hey, everybody. I want to point out for anyone who's new to the podcast, uh-huh. they don't know that you make an attempt in every podcast, to say hello in a different way.
0: Yeah, just, you're really uncovering the, you know, the bit. It's almost like, you know...
1: Well, I think it's a bit that a lot of people don't really know is going on. Right, yeah. But but I know, because I watch you do it every week, when I say, I introduce you, there's that look on your face where I can say, I can tell you're trying to figure out how to say hello in a way that you've never said hello before. Okay. And I also want to point out that before we went live, Mm -hmm. you said that you might do your British accent. No. (laughs) And that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that your British accent does not sound at all like a British accent.
0: The funny thing is, is that I'm actually English. I was actually born in England. My whole family's from England. i have just been in the States. Oh, you, didn't, I, you didn't learn to speak there. No, no, no. I was, I'm, I, I've been in the States since I was two years old. My right. far, my parents immigrated to the United States when I was two. So, And uh, it's funny, my sister Morgan... Um, moved back when she was still young, but her accent is like halfway between American and English, so she sounds like a like an Engl- like an American college student who spends like a semester abroad right. in England and then comes back saying like. Say, I do that. I,
1: I I imitate anybody I'm around. It's annoying. It's extremely annoying. When we were in London, within an hour, I was talking like a cab driver, and my wife was like, "Please stop." What about when you talk like uh,
0: with 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 around black
1: people? Do you start? No, <laughs> no,
2: <laughs>
0: not really.
1: But there, yeah, but I, do you yeah, bust out I the ebonics, bit, yeah. bro? Yes, yeah,
2: so I'm very uh, let's not sociable. Do,
0: please, let's not do an
1: imitation. But I do. Yeah, I start to emulate anybody I'm around, which is, I guess, my uh, uh, speaks to my psyche and wanting to be accepted.
0: Well. Um, um, my sister uh, says that my my English accent sounds like I went to the Dick Van Dyke School of English yeah, accents. There you go. <laughs> and for those of you who, are, who don't know, Dick Van Dyke it played the chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. Yes, so.
1: and is renowned for having the worst, the worst, the worst Cockney accent the, ever the in worst. that movie. The right. worst, just a terrible.
0: Although we've played because you know it's like a stereotype of what Americans think an English person sounds like. Right. But here's the funny thing: the part of England where my family's from, and I go back regularly to visit my sister, and I have like p- lots and lots of family there. And um, in television, you always get like Tom Hiddleston and, you know, and you get like, you know, Patrick Stewart and you get guys like that. And that's like, they've got these very, and Benedict Cumberbatch and they have all these really great proper, even like Harry Potter, you know, it's very London proper, you know, public school accent. Whereas like you get to um, where I'm from and you can't even hardly understand some of the people that have been there. Oh, no, 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 no. no. It's the worst English accent. And I'm not even going to attempt to imitate it. But if you're really interested uh, in looking it up, just look up the accent of, uh, of Birmingham, which is spelled Birmingham, right? Uh, and uh, that's the second largest city in England. I have the worst accent. It sounds like it sounds like if John Lennon were born with Down syndrome. Okay, like that's the Birmingham accent. It's really really bad, and that's the area of England where, I, where right. I'm from. So, uh, so I, I I never learned it, and the relatives who I do have contact with, uh, they sound like they're from where I'm from, which is called the Black Country. And, uh, yeah, it's not, not attractive at all. Would you like me to try
1: it? Uh, is that what you're trying to ahead. do? Go g- ahead. G- give us just a little dose of, of Gary Hughes' British accent. Do you Let's want to it. do, like,
0: proper, or do you want to
1: do where I'm oh, from? Oh, as if
0: it matters. As if it matters. Okay. So this is the Birmingham accent where I'm from. Birmingham is bloody great.
1: Okay. That yeah. sounds a little bit like Liverpool to me. A little <laughs> it bit is like li- Ringo, early Ringo. It, very sound- okay. it sounds
0: like that, but really, really dumb. In fact, they call the, where I'm from in, is called Wolverhampton, and it's about five miles from Birmingham, and they, like, and they call the people who have the Wolverhampton accent, they call them yam yams. Okay. Because in the, they, they, the, the language is so terrible. For example, they, they, they don't say, are you, like, are you going to the store? Right. They say, am yow. Am yow going to the store? Yeah, am
1: yow. Like, I'm it's yow. that bad. It's like being from the South and you say, fitna. Yeah. I'm fitna to go to the store. I'm to go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Where are y'all uh, fixing to go? I'm fitna go. I'm yeah. fitna go. Yeah, i yeah. go to the store. Where's about fixing the head down to the fishing hole. All right, listen. Something else I want to talk about. Real about quick. To go fishing. Yeah, y'all's going fishing. Y'all's going fishing. <laughs> well, if you're from uh, Louisiana, from from deep South Louisiana, from Cajun country, um, you end a sentence with me. Every you 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 you'll say I want to You'll say, uh, hear. I, you'll say uh, I'll be going to the store me. Why? And you're in. I don't know, but the Cajuns do. That'll be going to the store, me. That's right.
0: like the British version, like. Oh, yeah. I'm going to the store. I am. Yeah, that's right. I am. <laughs> I am.
2: I am. Hello, Mary Poppins. <laughs> that's right. You know, Hello, you know, Mary. Realize how much fun Gary is having. Yeah, he's having a great time. Jim Chimney. <laughs> Jim Chimney. Oh, no. Jim Chim Chim Chiru. All right.
0: No, I no, bought a new lens.
1: I bought a new lens this week, <laughs> and I wanted to ask you guys about this. I wanted to ask uh, you know, Derek because he's new and he's young, and see what his early opinions and are. I'm but sexy. you also, as an experienced photographer, I bought a new lens, but it's actually a, a duplicate of a lens I already own, and that is the uh, venerable, well loved and respected, probably most loved and respected lens that Canon makes, which is the f two point eight seventy to two hundred millimeter uh, image I, stabilized. Is it the IS two? Uh, no, I bought the IS one. I bought it used. Uh, from uh, from another photographer, because it's a lens that I use. I use it uh, all the time, of course. It's probably the most popular lens in any case for any Canon shooter, and I wanted a second one because I have photographers who shoot for me who cannot afford this very expensive lens, and so we decided we were going to buy a second one, and then when we've got other photographers shooting for us, if they would like to borrow it, they can. Then this is a way to help lift those images up. The, Definitely a good idea to get it used then. Yeah, so we got it used. But the question is this. When you're looking at those lenses, you look at, say, that, that Canon, and I got the first version, which I think retailed around 1600 I don't recall, but I mean, I remember when the IS-2 came I out. Say was, I think I paid twenty five. Yeah, for it. the IS-2 came out. The, the latest version is like 2500 I think you can get it for nineteen nine now. You can get it for 2000 now. The first version, the one I, I bought, which is just like the one I already have, was about 1600 new. You can get it used for about 1250 maybe. Maybe. All right. So my question, though, is when you're talking about your Tamrons and your Sigmas and other people who are making F2.8 image stabilized lens, 70 to 200 millimeters are getting great reviews. Um, Do you really get your money's worth now still? It was was always that way before, but I am hearing more people now who are saying, you know, save $500 and buy the Sigma or save $500 and buy the Tamron. And do you think that those other market lenses are finally at the point now where really you should you should save the money? In other words, should I have just bought a new Tamron instead of buying the used Canon? I don't have anything against
0: uh, those the third party lenses, but there's uh, not to rhyme on purpose. But there's such a stigma buying you know when you see another professional photographer and they're using a Tamron or a Sigma. Right there's a stigma that goes with it. You almost think like if you've been in the business any like the time, you're like, I guess they couldn't afford the, the Canon or okay. the icon lens, you know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the lenses aren't as good. There's just a stigma attached to it with pros where you do not see, at least in our circles of professional right. photography, you don't see a lot of people using those who are serious, full time shooting professionals. Not to mean, not to say that they're not good but it's that it's that it's the that perception
2: p- of quality and professionalism there's
0: a pre-
1: there's a, there's a prejudice against them and and I'll, here's the thing well there's also some stuff that goes on to the into the, by, let me just say uh, not counting image quality there 's some stuff that goes in that you don 't necessarily think about, for instance uh, a, a Canon l series lens is supposedly more weather resistant and more and you know and, that along, and has stuff like that that you don 't necessarily see in your images and they actually put like an extra five pounds of just titanium in there just to mess with you and hurt your back yeah. <laughs> but so there 's supposed to be that sort of quality too, but have you personally have you ever if I was to put up two images, by one one from, from the 7200 Canon and one from the Tamron equivalent or the Sigma equivalent, do you think you could pick out the Canon? I don't think so, depending on the medium. For example, if you were to open up and look at the raw images
0: side-by-side on a computer, in Photoshop, in Camera Raw, or in Lightroom, or Capture One or whatever you use, I think that if you looked at them side-by-side, full resolution, on a good monitor, I think that you might. I think that though once you get Photoshop or whatever post-processing you do, and if you're looking at them side-by-side on the web, I think it'd be a lot harder to tell. If you printed something as like a 40 by 60 photographic print just to look side-by-side, I think maybe with a trained eye you might be able to tell. But I think for the most part, I don't think your average photographer, or especially not your average non-photographer,
1: would be able to tell the difference then why would you spend the extra money to buy the more expensive canon version for me it's a uh, resale value is higher uh, that, that's i was getting to that and two because um
0: i nikon has this and Canon has it it's the professional services so if you're a professional photographer and you have a certain types of gear like you actually go to the website it's uh, for scan cps i don't know with nikon i'm not a nikon shooter but i know they have an equivalent service right if you pay i think i pay it's like it's 100 like bucks a year 100 bucks a year for yeah. the gold level and there's a there's a $300 level that's like a platinum or something like that but you get uh Disc, free shipping, discounts on the repairs, like as much as, as much as I think forty percent. Yeah. And expedited repairs. And expedited repairs, you get a US service and support and uh, US service centers that are dedicated just to the professional members yeah, right. instead of sending them to the regular just here's the factory. Your
1: lens breaks, you throw it in a box with the things that they send you. you, you take it down and you drop it off at the post office. A week later it's back fixed. Right, exactly. I I've been using CPS for
0: about six years. And uh, I got to tell you, it's absolutely unbelievable. And they only service the Canon products. So I use Canon products because of right. CPS specifically. Um, but also it's, you know, to me, uh, I haven't tested them. I just, it's just what I started doing right. at this point. I've got a set of lenses, but if I needed to add one for something like if Derek was shooting weddings, for me and I needed to have a seventy to 200 I was be sure as hell get the get the tamron or the sigma
1: well see that was that was my that was my query it was you know I'm looking to get a 7200 f 2 point8 lens for my other shooters that they can use and so I thought well I'll just get a sigma or a Tamron it will be cheaper besides it's not the one I'm going to use and that's when I stopped myself and I said wait when people come to us for photography they're look you know they they should get you know, the, a lens. My their photographer should be using the same lens I would use, if possible. They should be using a good lens. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be like, well, my second photographers don't shouldn't. You know, they don't need as good of equipment when they're taking pictures of your wedding. Your wedding is just as important when it's shot by my second photographer as it is if it's shot by me. Absolutely. So why don't I spend the money on the lens that, for him that I would spend? For have you ever used any of those third-party lenses i did i had sigma and tamron lenses and used them when i first started and eventually i moved to canon and i could see a difference now that being said i wasn't necessarily using the top of the line sigma and tamron lenses and right. i moved to the top of the line canon so i've never straight up compared it but another thing i notice is and and you know i don't know take this as you will but like if you go to amazon.com and you look at the reviews mm-hmm. you will see that like this the canon 7200 millimeter will have Five stars or four point nine, and the Tamrons and the Sigma's will be like four point two. 4. I I've yet I've never seen a third party lens that gets reviews that are as high as the straight L series Canon lenses. You think that's part of the prejudice? But is that just? A, but is that just the people who are paying the extra money justifying it? I have no <laughs> idea. By giving it, the I great think it review.
2: also depends on like what you're shooting too, because you're doing a lot of you're doing a lot of portraits with. Weddings, and if I were to use a seventy to two hundred Tamron for the high volume sports photography, then it's just like a, a, a lens that I could beat on and put the put the beating on, and not have to worry so much about paying as much for that for that quality if that makes sense.
0: Well, let's say, okay, so if you're, uh, here's the thing, there is no, we don't, don't have
2: to th- worry the chromatic aberration
1: and distortion and stuff like that, not as big a factor when you're taking a picture of a linebacker coming through the line right? as when you're taking a close up of somebody's face for a, a headshot or something. Well, That's the thing is,
0: it's, you, what's the physical evidence? A lot of this is opinion. Just like the people that are out there, like that say Canon's better than Nikon or Nikon's better than Canon. It's personal experience and opinion because here's the truth is there's the metrics for these sorts of things are well it's actually better in this way it's what's important to you you could get the Sigma 70 to two hundred 28 and you take the Canon 70 to 200 28 and it's like is the difference if there is a difference in the quality or let's say how it handles uh, backlight how it handles more how it handles glare all that stuff the durability of the casing the scratch proof glass on the lens like whatever it is is the difference in price worth it for
1: you to have a lens that does or doesn't do these certain things and the other thing which you touched on and i want to go is you said resale value that's huge you really have to take that into into consideration because i remember years ago um when we had a bmw and um i thought wow yeah it's this expensive car we had a really nice one a convertible bmw okay and then when we finally sold it i did the math and we sold it at a profit uh, and I so I said, okay, this is how much we paid per month the whole time we had the car. Now let's minus out how much we got when we sold the car, you know, and let's factor in what our down payment was. And when it came down to it, our monthly payment over the course of owning that car had been about mm, the same as a Camry. So basically, you know, for the price of a Camry, we had a BMW because the resale value was so high on the BMW, we right. were able to recoup so much of it. So a lot of times, it's really upfront costs. For instance, I paid eleven hundred for this lens used she probably paid 1600 new which means what she really did was she paid $500 to rent a, to rent a lens for probably 5 years before she sold it to me right so you're not really paying 1600 or $2000 for a lens if you do eventually turn around and sell it a lot of times you won't sell it because these lenses can last 15 20 years let me ask you a question this is thing this is something that always gets me when it
0: comes to reselling your equipment why do people care if you have the box I Do not Do people care? Cereal it's number.
1: huge. Is it really? Box, huge. Huge. Really? If you have the original packaging, it increases what you can sell it for. It's funny because we just moved and I threw away an entire dumpster in a full of stuff, but I didn't throw away the big container I have that contains all the boxes for all my equipment.
0: I've got every <laughs> box for every piece of Canon equipment I've ever bought, yeah. all my Apple laptops and everything. Anything nice electronic that I own, I break the box down and I've got a whole little portion of one of our closets in our house or actually they're at the studio now, where every box is like flattened and organized into the corner because I know that when I turn around and want to sell one of those pieces of equipment, that one of the first questions you get is, you have the packaging? packaging?" I don't
1: don't care about, if it's it's the lens, it's the lens. I don't need the box anyway. Is it because um, having the packaging has some sort of inherent
0: value or is it because the type of person that keeps the packaging and is able to repackage it originally when they send it to you is the type of person that's typically going to take better care of their equipment.
1: Oh, not in this case. Take a, I, I, so. I haven't taken a, If I took this lens out of the box right now and showed it to you, you'd be like, oh my God. It's, yeah. be, it's beat all the hell. Right. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been run that's through the ringer. But because it's a Canon L-series lens, I know that despite that it's got scratches on it and everything, I know that the, I, I checked it. The images are great. It's fine. Yeah, so I don't, I don't. That's best person to me. I don't worry about cosmetics. I treat, ever, I treat my tools like tools. I don't take care of my equipment.
0: Are you ever worried, like when you buy something like that about
1: what's in the box? What's in the box? Right. <laughs> What's in the box? Well, no, I mean, you're going to see the actual lens and everything. What's in the box? But, like, this particular lens, if if I shot with it a couple times and I thought the image was a little bit better than my other lens, I would switch out. And I don't care that the paint is chipped.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it works, and you know, they got the bag. I don't even i think I could put my hands on the lens bag that, that yeah, they're the making noise in the background opening up the yeah, lens. So Let's take at so puppy. Hang yeah, on. It's
1: pretty beat up. But look. Look that's at the paint. What she said, "Look at the paint. It's all you know. It's it's chip pretty. This bad. is about what mine which is. Looks why, like. which is why I took about you know I took I asked her to take about one hundred and fifty dollars off the uh, price that it should sell for used. So they sell for about twelve fifty, and I gave her eleven hundred. This and, looks like know, it's been a dog's chew toy. been yeah, but I but I took a shot with it. Shot was clean. Looks good, and it's a and it and I that's a great lens. It's the most popular lens that Canon makes. So you know, there you go. You should see Gary's seventy to two hundred right now. Yeah, mine's actually like." the casing is a little separated and it's got like
0: a weird sag in it. Right. It's still working. I've just been shooting too much. But the thing is, if you, send that off,
1: if you send that off to CPS for anything, they'll try and fix that too. Yeah. They'll come they'll, they'll back at you. They do like the rubber, like the rubber rings on mine always get uh, white from salt water, from the salt air and stuff. Right. They always replace them. I don't and they this, charge
0: me for it. <laughs> I don't want this to be a CPS commercial. I'm sure Nikon's professional services is oh, awesome. Yeah. Um. But I send in my camera regularly for cleanings. And if it's like, you know the thing on the 5D Mark III, one of the biggest pain in the asses with that camera is that the little tiny, like, aluminum cover that goes on the wheel that you choose the settings with i don't know what that wheel is called you know you choose right. automatic manual aperture right. priority right that little click wheel that you turn to choose settings the little aluminum thing on the top that has the labels for all the settings right. falls off all the time really i think i've replaced it four never fallen off but when i set it never had that happen. and i've and i've lost on my 5d mark ii the little rubber eye stopper in the viewfinder falls off a lot in the five D Mark II, okay. I had I lost. I mean, and every time I send the camera in for cleaning, it comes back with the little thing on it and a new
1: rubber stopper. Right. And they charge you. They charge you for doing it, though. It's no, not I, like it's. Free. I've never been charged extra. Really, never extra. Oh. It's
0: always just restored,
1: man. Okay. Although I've heard I don't know some, where the lens cap I've came. heard
2: people that have That's had... the uh, lens cap.
1: All right, Derek, would you start fiddling Derek with that? Derek's mixed around with the lens. Now he wants to know where I'm the lens cap is. I'm going to make you leave I don't the room. Know, Was the lens no, cap I'm on only
2: it? looking for the lens cap because the last time I borrowed a lens from Ray, he made a stink about me having the lens cap still at my place. Oh, this brings yeah. up
0: an interesting point. Derek and I were talking about this on the way here. So now that Derek works, would you really... Relax. I'm not going to relax. You're ruining the show with your noise.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the way here. Thank you. Derek and I were talking about this. Um, Now that since uh, I've introduced you to Derek... You have since uh, stolen uh, my apprentice. Now he's working for you. No, not true.
1: Not true at all. Well, he still works for me, but he he, he came and did a couple little things for me. So you're not going to use him anymore. Well, did he well no, I would, but he lives like an he hour to or so a full-time from time job. Yeah, he lives like an hour or so from me. So for him to come work for me, it really has to be in his best interest. It's an
2: hour and a half, actually.
1: Yeah, but so it's not. It's not like he could just pop by and help me out. Hey, you know, could call him up. Hey, I'm going to do a job in an hour. Do you want to come with me? No, that's not going to happen. So
2: I
0: want to put a little put Derek on the spot a little bit. What is the difference between Ah. working? What's it like working for me versus working for Bure, vice versa? Like, what's that? What's, I'm not asking what you think is better. What are your keen observations about how we work? Because I've never actually seen Boure work, and I don't think he's
1: ever actually seen me work either. And so I'd be really interested in you. I was about opinion. to say he doesn't really, but no, he worked a wedding with me, second shooting with me, yeah. and he's worked my photo booth and stuff. So yeah, he's got a pretty good uh, yeah. assumption. you pretty much understand what it's he like works to work with, with me. both
0: of us. So yeah, so
1: what's, yeah what? Derek, here's your chance. Uh,
0: well, okay, so they both. So work. we're gonna each hold a piece of bacon, <laughs> and whichever one the dog comes to. He likes better. So we have to, uh, we have to like also bacon, promise so to not get mad at him. Not going to get mad. They're going to make it funny.
2: Gonna make it right. funny.
0: We're
2: going to make it funny. Either way, Gary can't get mad because I'm his ride home.
0: That's
1: true.
2: <laughs>
0: Uber, that's Uber true. from Tampa that's to, point, to Orlando like is point. about 99 bucks. Yeah, so I think expensive. I'll I think oh, just geez. keep my mouth shut. I'm
1: going to get Uber. Right, So I'm what's the difference? Give us the details. What's the difference with me shooting with Gary?
2: They both work fast and efficiently, but the main difference that I've noticed is learning from them uh, Gary is more a visual, like I have to learn more visually from Gary and auditorily and Bure will actually, he, he makes me do it, but he also makes me verbally say what I'm going to do. Like I'm shooting with intent before I actually shoot. So he won't let me put the camera to my face until he says, till I say, I'm using my F stop for this. I'm doing my, right. uh, doing I know my shutter speed to, to bring more of the background out. This and that. So and you, have, I, to, I have, you to, have to physically. Or, or, I have to mentally understand what I'm about to do with my camera, bef- to get this image before I shoot it. So you so have that to recite the I steps understand. you're going to
0: go through to make the image. Before I can give you an example, he'll actually let you, you go take about. the image. Let me, you, let
1: me tell you exactly what he's talking about. Like, we're, we're working on the beach, bright light, and I'm, I'm teaching him to work with, with off camera flash, how to bring your background up and down, how to you know etc. am like, okay, so we've done this. Okay, so now your background is too bright and I want you to bring down the background. What are you going to do? And he takes his camera, and he starts to bring it up to his eye to start messing with the dials. I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to tell me What are you going to do? What what setting are you going to use to make this change? Because I don't want him to just start flipping dials and buttons until he hopefully gets it. I want him to understand that the first thing you think about is your shutter speed. And if that doesn't work, you go to your aperture. And that's what he's talking about. Because he he always wants to bring his camera up. I'm like, no, no, no. You should be able to, when I I say, here's what I want done, you should be able to at least articulate, it's this first, then this, then this. you
0: make sure he knows what he's doing, and then... You have him go shoot it, whereas I just throw him to the wolves. Well, no, I don't think I don't, I don't think that's what <laughs> he mean I so Say much. that. <laughs> so, well, here's the difference. I just as he's talking about it, you're bringing him along to teach him to shoot a job on his own, whereas he's working for me to be. Yes, my, he's there yes, to be my
1: assistant. Yes, he's there to be your assistant. That's person it, being paid as yeah. your assistant, so you're not going to be so teetery with him as I am when he comes with me it's he's just coming to learn I'm not paying him anything so you know in fact he's always he's he's johnny on the spot he's coming to me to learn and he's like Gra- grab me can I carry that gear can I do this can I do this I'm like no dude you don't have to bust kill yourself I'm not paying you you know you don't I'm, mar- to- I'm marketing myself to be as assist. actually
0: Derek I just want to thank you for giving Boo Ray and I the opportunity to talk about ourselves mm. more than usual in this episode which
1: damn is damn fine job you're, you're 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 damn fine you're job. a credit to your race
0: bully Bully. <laughs> <Anytime. laughs> bully. Good Lord. Yes, bully, sir. What sort you. of a name is Bure. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. All right. I have a, I have something I want to talk about. All right. Um This is a really interesting article that popped up for me, and it's one of those like uh kind of clickbait articles you get on Facebook all the time where it's like you know, it'll post, you won't believe what happened when blah, 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 blah. And then you have to click on it to like find out what happened. And then the story ends up being the opposite of what you
1: thought it was. I will not click on any headline that just says, Wow. You won't believe what they did next. You know, I won't because I'm not going to find out what they did next because I'm not clicking.
0: Before you enter the wizard state, what I want to do is actually get to this story I want to talk about. So, essentially, there's this uh, there's a boudoir photographer. Right. And uh, I believe this is actually from a little while back, but she got a a letter from the husband of one of her uh, boudoir clients. Okay. And so, um, and that was sort of the title of the thing, and you're expecting it to be something totally different. Here is the content of the letter. It says, Hi, Victoria. I am, name removed, husband, I am writing to you because I recently received an album containing images you took of my wife. I don't want you to think that I am in any way upset with you, but I have some food for thought that I would like to pass on to you. I have been with my wife since we were 18 years old, and we have two beautiful children together. We have had many ups and downs over the years, and I think, well, actually, I know that my wife did these pictures for me to spice things up. She sometimes complains that I must not find her attractive, that she wouldn't blame me if I ever found someone younger. When I opened the album that she gave to me, my heart sank. These pictures, while they are beautiful and you are clearly a very talented photographer, they are not my wife. You made every one of her flaws disappear, and while I'm sure this is exactly what she asked you to do, it took away everything that makes up our life. When you took away her stretch marks, you took away the documentation of my children. When you took away her wrinkles, you took away over two decades of our laughter and our worries. When you took away her cellulite, you took away her love of baking and all the goodies we have eaten over the years. I'm not telling you all of this to make you feel horrible. You're just doing your job and I get that. I am actually writing you to thank you. Seeing these images made me realize that I honestly do not tell my wife enough how much I love her and adore her just as she is. She hears it so seldom that she actually thought these photoshopped images are what I wanted and needed her to look like. I have to do better, and for the rest of my days, I am going to celebrate her in all her imperfectness. Thanks for the reminder. Regards,
1: some guy.
2: See, right. now I actually got teary-eyed there. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah.
1: God, what a sissy. Okay, so I've got so many things to say about this. First of all... Okay, let's start, start from the perspective of the photographer. Like, that's, that's
0: the thing that I started to read this article, because it's meant... As a as a letter to the okay, general. Okay, first of
1: all, I have a I have a hard time believing it's a real letter because he says goodies. Well, <laughs> no, because. It starts. I'm not sure why. What's he trying to say to the photographer? Because what he's really saying is, I'm writing this letter because I need to be nicer to my wife. Well, why would you send that to the photographer? Yep. Yes, you did learn a lesson by looking at these pictures. But what? Why are you telling the photographer this? Would you? You know, at no point did he say perhaps you should consider not doing so much of this to your future clients. Or he didn't. He didn't address anything like that. This is a, apparently it's published on Petapixel and it has the name of the photographer and the name of the
0: person. Like it's a, it's actually like a real. Apparently, it's a real thing.
1: Okay, well, I mean, mean, maybe it is a real thing, but it doesn't make much sense to me why he would send that to the photographer. He would say that to his wife, yes, but I don't, because he's not saying to the photographer, you shouldn't have done this. Or you, I mean, you know what I mean. I don't, I don't understand what his point is in sending it to the photographer.
0: Well, I think it was the, um, the the photographer ends up posting the letter onto Facebook, and apparently it's got uh, two hundred thousand right.
1: likes, over sure. one hundred and eighty thousand shares, and eleven thousand comments. Uh, but again, I'm not sure what he was hoping to. What, what I'm not sure what he's really saying to the photographer.
0: I think is it very possible that this is BS. I don't know because it sounds like a lot of publicity for the photographer. Yeah, was the one who posted I, I, the letter. Know,
1: I don't know, but it's just it just it's just like I said when once you were reading the letter, and I'm like okay, and so now maybe he, now the next thing he's going to say is perhaps you should consider uh, being a little bit more realistic in the boudoir uh, pictures, and but but he never went there. Instead, he went to it goes to I've been a horrible husband. Oh, well, what's that got to do with the photographer? Yeah, that's what. This, that's, so that's a weird letter for me. I'm not. am not saying it's BS. I'm just saying it's a weird. If I got that, I'd be like, okay. I'm not sure what you. Why this is? What you want me to do about this? Deleted. Yeah, I Does just wouldn't sound, know what that was. To me, and the other thing is contrived. This. When I read it, the other thing is this. I can tell you that he is right about this. Is that um, anytime that my wife uh, takes naked pictures of herself, when I look at them, I want to be reminded of her love of baking. <laughs> <laughs> there is no doubt That that when it comes to my wife And and being naked That love of baking Is the first thought That I want to have Come into I'm my mind I'm reading the subtext Also the you- second <laughs> I want to think about my children I want to look at the naked pictures of you And think about the children Yeah <laughs> No, I do not. To I mean, like it almost seems like there's no way a man does wrote she have this letter. Of yes. Listen, I mean, it's a sweet and it's a loving thing. Uh, the point and, is and, great. And I get that. The point is
0: great. But it does not seem like but, a man wrote this Yeah, letter. I don't
1: think you understand that the point of these pictures is to get you to not think about the children it's and the baking. To get you to want to have sex with your wife yes, more. Yes, that's the idea. He learned something valuable here. We all learned a valuable lesson here we all learned a valuable lesson which is i don't know but we learned something <laughs> and my point is that's a valuable lesson but um but the but the boudoir specifically is designed to do a certain thing right you know?
0: like, because yeah, i can see it's it's very sweet yeah it's very sweet but it's but you know if i were to have let's say put the shoe on the other foot if i were to do a um enticing photo shoot for my wife and then i can imagine her writing the letter like and you got rid of his beer belly, which makes me think of all the times all the he time. came home drunk and, yes. and, and said nice things to me, you know, like,
2: like, think <laughs> about smelling all, like a hot shirt. All the shirt times
0: yucky. I shoveled cookies down his fat face. Yeah. And I, just, I, yeah. Those. yeah
1: I think I think you need to realize that when you look at these pictures, you are not supposed to be pushed to think about the great memories and times you have together. You're supposed to look at these pictures with unbridled lust for her physical form, right? It's That's lust. what boudoir pictures are. I, well, it's empowering to the woman. I've heard a lot of sure.
0: women who've done it and photographers who work in boudoir say that it's the women can find it very um, uplifting and sure. empowering experience, especially women who are like, maybe feel like they've gotten older or they're too old to do something like this. Right. Because if you're 25 and hot, nobody gives a crap about your boudoir session empowering you. Right. But if you're 45, you got three kids and, you know, and you get a photographer who can bring you in somebody like Megan Depiro or, so, you know, somebody like that who can bring you in, make you look like a million bucks, you know, or Sue Bryce and and uh make you feel like young and hot like so I think sometimes the point isn't even for it to be for the husband. You right. Know what I mean? and,
1: and, no, it really isn't. But I, I I don't yeah, I know. I agree. I'm going to say I, I don't know how much the men enjoy it versus the women I think maybe this guy 's a special case I, I actually want to tell this lady I'm, I'm really sorry your husband's gay I'm just saying it's a wonderful it's a wonderful <laughs> thought and it's a wonderful sentiment and the, and the fact that these pictures made him realize that he has neglected his wife in some way is fantastic and I get that it almost made, made him realize yeah. he's in love with the pool boy yeah but it's but it would be <laughs> but it's uh, but it's a boudoir session it's not designed to you know now had it been a family portrait session and he said, "You over, you retouched her too much because now she doesn't look like the person who had this family. Exactly, that's different. Yeah. Exactly, great point. You know, that's different. But it's a boudoir session. It's supposed to look that way. Right. It's supposed to inspire lust. Yes, lust. It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to make you think about all the wonderful the love of baking. This is how that, the idea came. Well, like the he love of he baking. You
2: wanted to spice things up.
1: Yes,
0: with the baking." <laughs> wow okay this is how the, this is how it goes your wife gives you a present maybe for father's day all right or maybe on your birthday right. and you open it up and it's an album and it's an album of all these hot pictures of your wife in sexy clothes you're supposed to go get three or four pages in throw the book over your shoulder pick her up and yeah. run into the bedroom yeah. it's not like it's supposed oh. to be this
1: emotional experience you're supposed to open the book and then bang your wife on that topic okay something else we must simply must discuss okay Playboy magazine. Oh my God. Uh, yes. How yes, did we not I talk didn't about this How did we not talk, this talk yet. about this It's yet. been weeks. How do I not
2: know about this?
1: Playboy magazine will no longer feature pictures of nude women starting next year. I personally
2: think, think is the point?
1: it's a smart move. I think it's a very smart move for them. I, uh, I quit subscribing to Playboy because the quality of the photographs went down. But for years, I subscribed to Playboy because of the articles. We yes. talked about this before. Yes, it's a strong magazine. It's, it's not as good as Esquire, but they do have great articles in there. But I think that it's a smart move for them because... The pictures are holding them back. They need to be on the newsstand next to Esquire, next to GQ, next to Details, and next to Maxim. I did read uh, an article that it was actually in 2014 when
0: they got rid of nudity on their website. Right. And they had something like a 500% jump yes. in, in hits and in unique hits on their website because. This is the type of thing where you can browse for news and articles at work. A friend of mine, a friend Uh. of mine from back home, uh, uh, Peter, he just posted on, um, right after this was announced, he posted on Facebook that. So I went over after I saw this announcement to check out Playboy.com and I had no idea how much awesome content there is. He goes, This beats Reddit for me for like really interesting articles and content. Yeah. And I went to the Playboy's website. I checked it out myself right after I saw that post from him. And there's some really killer content on right on the homepage, and i couldn't even see a picture of a mostly naked chick on there i didn't even see a woman it was just really cool articles and stuff whereas now playboy.com and playboy the magazine are going to be safe for work they're going to be something that's okay to like have in your house you don't have to hide it under a bed anymore it takes it where playboy had at one point i think at its height seven million people buying the magazine a month right 7
1: million, and I think right now it's less. I think, I, it's, think I think their height was like 5.5 million, and now it's like 800,000.
0: Yeah, it was the, what, the the article that I had read on, Might have been seven. on uh, I think it was Vanity Fair or one of those, but it was like it was something around the multiple millions, let's say
1: somewhere oh, between yeah. 5 and 7 million issues a month, and now it's like 600,000, They've been in decline. 000. They have been in decline, without a doubt, for some time, and they, they just don't need the naked pictures anymore. Well, here's the thing. As we talked about before, If you uh, like, even Hugh Hefner said it. He says you
0: are literally two clicks away from watching any sex act you can imagine on the internet. So how does Playboy even compete with that, with its comparatively tasteful nude photography? Yeah. Um, And so why not instead of try to compete with that, why not get rid of the nudes and make Playboy something that? anybody or everybody could have access to and read sure. it. It can sit there at the checkout counter at the grocery store yeah, right next to I'm a big, mag- so those I'm those other big magazine
1: guy. I subscribe to probably 14 or 15 magazines and, and I have said uh, to anyone and to many people who could care less, I would say it, uh, over and over again that Esquire is the best magazine on the planet. It's a men's magazine but it's not men's magazine like Playboy is. It's just, you know, detailed towards men's issues, you know, style and fashion. They have a whole thing on cooking and, and the best chefs and you know all kinds of stuff like that but they always have great journalism. They have great interviews. They have great Writing and I really look forward to reading that magazine every month. And the problem with Playboy is that you can't read it on the subway, right? Because you automatically there's a stigma again. And now hopefully it. they will they will move past that. But it is such the passing of an icon for in, in culture. Playboy magazine will not have nudes. I mean I, I mean it could be have worse nudes it could when be it started, did it? Yes it did. Its very first oh, magazine yeah. had a centerfold. Was Marilyn Monroe was on was, the first cover oh, was right? on the cover and, the, and, and the, from the very beginning. And what they said was they said we had a mission, and our mission with the naked pictures was to try to free up uh, society's norms and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that, <laughs> mission, that mission has been accomplished. Mission accomplished. And so it's not necessary for us left. to do that anymore, right. which is all a bunch of bull. The truth is we're doing it because of the bottom line. And the you truth, need to open up the market Yeah, the share. truth is we need to open up the market, and that's why we're doing it. Uh, but it is such a big deal uh, to think that, I don't know, that, that – You know, then that's the effect of the internet. Much like
0: your, uh, who would come later, your Steve Jobs and other innovators in different industries, Hugh Hefner was ahead of his time. He was a guy that went to do stuff that had not been done before. He took. Girly, he took girly pictures and he brought it into the mainstream with Playboy right. magazine and so this is another one of those things where he's getting out trying I think yeah. Playboy in general and trying they, to get out of hell I, I hope
1: that they succeed I hope they can get good writers and good articles and that they can manage to rebuild a little bit better you know without because, because there is a dynasty there I mean, you say you know people this yoga, I read it for their articles but if you look back at, uh, at the history of the magazine there are so many things in popular culture that came from that magazine that you don't even know about for instance the, the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High mm-hmm. originally a short story in Playboy Huh? Uh, the um, the play um, "Best Little Whorehouse in Texas" originally a short story. Dolly in, Parton, Burt Reynolds. Yes, in Playboy. Uh, the, uh, there, there are so many things like Ray Bradbury published many of his original original stuff in Playboy. Uh, so uh, there was a, just, they have a history of publishing so many great authors who then went on to become very very big deals. It'd be nice to see him get back to that. You know, and if that's what it, and if that's what it takes, and great, more power to him. I'm excited, um, and interested, and perplexed by how much we talk about Playboy. <laughs> well, it's a big deal. I mean, it isn't a big deal to Derek because he grew up in a, in a world where the internet's right there and he can see whatever he wants. But come on, to guys of my generation, Playboy was an iconic Just the magazine. the sheer
0: joy of, of discovering
1: the a, first time a, a horde oh, of Playboys under a oh bed my somewhere. gosh, yeah. if, oh my gosh, you have no, you can't imagine. We never saw the naked female form, Derek. Yeah, ever, it was not there. Nope, ever. And and then when we until one of our friends came over and said, "Dude, look what I found in my dad 's closet. Funny. You know if I wanted to see boobs in a movie, you had to go to Blockbuster
0: uh, and this is or, or different video rental place." Right. And uh, whichever one was yours by your house, and the ones that kept the actual tapes in the actual container, because sometimes they keep the tapes and the DVDs back behind the counter. Right? When was, yeah. They did that when the DVDs came, but when it was VHS, right? They were actually out there in the containers, and you would take an R-rated movie and you'd switch it into the box <laughs> of a
1: PG-13 movie. <laughs> you were so that, that, guy. that, so yes, so ah. that you could rent it and possibly see some boobies. That's right. That was right. That was it. it we yeah, didn't even do. The Sears catalog was the closest you came to seeing nudity oh, in Frederick's, 1975. I, Fredericks of Hollywood baby. Yeah. That, even that dude that wasn't in your home, but when say you're a kid in 1975, the Sears catalog, the bra section was the closest you came to seeing <laughs> any sort of <laughs> female Software. nudity until your friend came over one day and said, "Dude, dude I, found I just this. stole this from my dad. I found this under We're my dad's so bed." Grounded. And then, oh my gosh, your whole world exploded. It was a sexual so, renaissance. So Playboy for Playboy my, to, my dad, you know, uh, my, it's a big
2: deal. My only couple playboys under my mattress. You so. actually actually
0: had some Playboys I did. I did Or did you have actual naked no,
2: boys Under your mattress Why do you always have to go there with me <laughs> But I just, think
1: it's, I, I just think I've been saying for years That there's something it's That they should do the Because when I was still Subscribing to the magazine And people go You subscribe to Playboy I'm like listen Nobody subscribes I mean they said it In the, in the press release There's like 72 pages In the magazine And six of them Are pictures of, of, of naked women And it's holding them back So get rid of those six pages yeah, I'm actually for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, let's, I'm interested to see how it goes. I am, but um, but uh, but it also uh, on a photography level, um, and, but, and and we've been I've been complaining about this for years anyway. But it's getting to the point where um, really good, tasteful, well lit, well posed nudes are getting harder to find, mm-hmm. because all nudity is being is being pushed off into the era of porn, and so you know, and Playboy was the last bastion of that. You know, even back in the day when there were all those magazines, Playboy had the good photographers,
0: I, and I've heard that. And any any professional photographer will tell
1: you that that the, the photography in Playboy magazine has always been really well respected. Yeah. And now, and and they they were the last beachhead, and now they're going to be gone too. So, um, well, you yeah. know what we should do? Boudoir photography. We're starting a magazine, <laughs> the Photobomb Nudie Magazine. Yeah. I just I just do think it is interesting in the in the overall culture and history of photography uh, that you know you. Playboy's impact cannot be un- underestimated. No,
0: I think that's absolutely
1: yeah. true. So to have them to, to have them finally be run under by the behemoth that is the internet, you know, is is a big deal. Like I say, Derek's like, well, the magazine, big deal. But to anyone my age, it's a big deal that Playboy is changing after having been around since 1961 or something like that. I think was when they published yeah. the first issue. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal for that magazine to change.
0: And once again, the internet destroys a yeah. business. <laughs> no, it's, uh. think about, like, uh. there's now a whole, like, line of guys, just, they get together for group support meetings, and it's like the CEO of Blockbuster, when it went yeah. and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> that like, all had their businesses destroyed. Guys. Oh, I- interesting side note, right before we finish, did you know that Blockbuster Video had the opportunity to buy Netflix and turned it down three times? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Talk about, like, something new coming along and not getting on top of it. Blockbuster could have bought Netflix at three different occasions, and then Netflix got big, and Blockbuster tried to start at something, and by then it was too late. Wow. So, hey, keep an eye out for those opportunities. Like Wayne Gretzky said why are you Wayne Gretzky why are you the best hockey player in the world and Wayne Gretzky said because I don't go where the puck is I go to where the puck's going to That's be right. go so take that home will. with you when you think about the right. business today is, are you wrapping us up that I, sounds like you are yeah I think we have to wrap up okay
1: yeah. we're wrapping up don't forget you can find us online at photobombpodcast.com you can send us questions or comments or concerns about the total uh, excessive amounts of discussion of naked women on this episode you can send those to questions at photobombpodcast.com you can find Gary online at com. nice you can find me online at BooRayPerry.com. I don't think you can find Derek anywhere. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, We are going to be, uh, oh, don't forget to go online, please, and give us a good review on iTunes. iTunes. We need those reviews so we can get more free good stuff to give away. We've got some plans for you. And you will get to see your favorite
0: photographer in the world and mine, Mr. Boo-Ray Perry, coming up this January at Imaging USA. Yes. Teaching a hands-on lighting class and a pre-convention. So check that out at ImagingUSA.org, and you'll be able to catch me. Coming up, November 8th, 9th that weekend in Chicago at the Crown Plaza Hotel downtown Chicago at the Photo World Chicago Conference sponsored by the Association of Professional Photographers of Illinois. And uh, for more information, just go to your Google machine and type in Photoshop World Chicago. And coming up, so excited!
1: Yes, yes. February twentieth in South Carolina. I hope I hope that this goes. I hope that something doesn't happen to trip this up because we keep talking. About oh it. God, it's gonna. If it doesn't, we're just gonna do it. We're, we're just going to show up, show up in the parking and just lot. Do it
0: anyway in the parking lot. Like we'll get a generator and we'll just yeah. do the show in the parking <laughs> lot and just try and just get a bunch of. We'll go. To, we'll go to Home Depot and get all the guys that are waiting for work out in front. We'll just truck them over and we'll just make them our audience. It should
1: go. Contracts That'll are so in. Yeah, everything's good. As far as we know, everything's good.
0: South Carolina, the very first photobomb live show that's going to be absolutely awesome. We are, we couldn't be more excited. Weekend of February twentieth. That's right, February twentieth, and when we will have more. As soon as we have all of that stuff outlined, we will put that on the website, on the Facebook page, and we will start shouting it out. As soon as there's something concrete on the uh, to be able to direct you to on the web, but just to let you know that it's coming, February twentieth. 2016. Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina, the very first Photobomb live show, and it's going to be
1: awesome. All right, that's it for this week. We will see you next week. See you later. Say bye, Derek.
2: Bye, Derek.